0: All right, well, thank you for coming on the show, Garrett. Thanks for joining me and Tanner. Uh, let's jump in with some really interesting questions. Uh, first of all, as an experienced Dungeon Master, what is your favorite class and
1: why? Uh, my favorite class, I think, would have to would have to be Dungeon Master, if that's a <laughs> class. If we can count that as a class, that would be my favorite. I much prefer to be behind the screen than in front of the screen. But uh, if I have to be a player, I think... Uh, Usually cleric or bard is my go-to since I'm a, I'm a real-life musician. I kind of like to role-play that because I think I can, I can do it okay since I know how musicians think, for sure. I like that. Oh,
2: that's great. Do you ever actually like bring an instrument uh, I do. to use? I we,
1: do. Uh, we had a series on the 225 Instagram for a while, and I need to bring it back, but it was like how to introduce uh, instruments to the game table uh, in a tasteful way. So it would be like, oh, these are the instruments that you might want if your game is within this unique flavor and stuff, because I was a music major in college. And like, musicology was kind of my focus in there. It was like the study of instruments and the study of uh, cultural musics and whatnot. So it'd be like, oh, if it's an Irish flavor, maybe you'd want fiddles and bazookis and banjos and bowerons and everything. Or if it's a Middle Eastern flavor, maybe you'd want these instruments. Um, So it's nice to be able to bring that to the table. Then it kind of livens things up as opposed to, my player my my character really uh, strums the loot so well uh, and i'm going to roll to prove that to you it's kind of it can be done in real time so uh, it adds a different kind of uh, spin on things
0: i like that
2: and you know the moment that they bring a bagpipe in you know it's over <laughs> yeah
1: that's then we just, all run that session's done yeah, head out you it's just, over you know, no bagpipes or accordions allowed total party kill right there the, they're they it's it's a nat- <laughs> it's a natural
2: one every time they play it at
1: 100%. Accordions and bagpipes are, are my, uh, uh, I, I don't like them. Personally, that's just a personal taste. That's my hot take.
2: Okay. Well, uh, that's a great answer. I, honestly, I love clerics and, and bards too. I feel like they there's a lot of flexibility there. Um, okay. Next kind of warm-up question for you. Uh, if you could have one skill or mechanic from D&D
1: in real life, what would you have? I would try and dump as many things into perception as I could, because I feel like me personally. um, In real life, I get so tunnel vision about things that I miss things that are around me or things that other people are doing. Like, you've never noticed that? No, no, I've never noticed that. But thank you for pointing that out. Um, So if I could just dump all my stats into one thing, definitely uh, I would be expert in uh, perception all day, every day. It's like not even a contest. No question about it.
0: I hear that.
2: You're just like going along and suddenly you just realize what's important in life. It's like it's a lot less poetic than that. (laughs)
1: Um, Usually it's like, oh, I never noticed the door opened this way and that way or something real silly like that, you know, or I never noticed this picture on the wall. But um but then you feel real stupid when someone's like, How have you never noticed that? And he's like, I I don't know because no. I'm not perceptive, I guess.
0: I think I would do insight because I feel like I'm the same way but with people. You know, like, oh, you were unhappy with me
1: about that? I didn't I didn't know, you know. But that's just me. That is true. A per insight's just perception with, with people. Right. So, you right. know, two sides of the same coin, I exactly. think. Exactly. Um kind of <laughs> tacking on to the first question we asked.
0: You said, you know, your favorite class is the DM. Well, if you had to personify your Dungeon Master style with a character, like what, what character would that be? What would be your Dungeon Master avatar?
1: Like a, like a fantasy character or a, uh, like a fictional character? Well,
0: so if you had to essentially create a character like your players do, but that character had to represent um, your Dungeon Master style,
1: what kind of character would that be? Oh, that's an interesting question. I like that question. Um, I think my, there's a player at my table. Uh, he's the second half of 225, actually. His name's Chris. And he plays, in my campaign, this uh, Tanarian world, which is just whimsical as ever. Um, he plays a halfling rogue named Trouble, and he's He plays him kind of like how one would play a bard, but he's a rogue. So he's just very whimsical and he's very, um, likes to, you know, give his party members a hard time. Uh, doesn't really like combat all that much, but loves to watch and kind of play cheerleader or, uh, trip the fighter on his way in to make a killing blow or something like that just to, just to keep the labs going. Um, that would be, that would be my, my avatar. Just somebody that's whimsical. Um, that just creates a fun story and doesn't take things too seriously because at the end of the day, we're playing make-believe with rules and my humble belief is that if that's taken too seriously, it can lose fun really, really quickly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No one likes it when you're trying to have fun and someone turns it into a serious thing, like a a not fun competition (laughs) where the goal is not fun but it's winning you know <laughs> exactly over everyone else yeah yeah and if it uh, becomes
1: a, a game of numbers and a game of stats and you know min maxing and things um it's great for some tables it's great for some play groups um that's not how i roll i love to do the role play right. thing first numbers are just numerical mathematical representatives of what's happening in the story like, help things that make we can sense. think of as like players instead of our characters exactly um, but when it becomes too much about the numbers and not enough about embracing the characters and embracing uh, story structure and, and character development, then it loses that kind of storytelling focus. And at the end of the day, that's kind of why it exists and that's what it's all about.
0: I had. they're yeah, great. Uh, I had a. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I had a, a best friend who I've been trying to get to play with me for like years and years, and and he's like, honestly, man, like D D just seems like a meeting, and and. Like, when, you know, you're min-maxing, it's, it's basically, you know, a meeting. It, there's, like, no difference. But if, you know, you're focusing yeah. on the story, it's different.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, min-maxing has its place, I guess. Um, but I, I feel like if one is to min-max, one should go play Skyrim and not d d <laughs> Because if you want to be an almighty, powerful wizard, go do that. Um, go play an MMO. Go play WoW. Go play Guild Wars. Go play Skyrim. Uh, at the tabletop, the tabletop role-playing game, we like to role-play and... Uh, be people who are not on a daily basis and embrace those personality traits that we wish we could in real life.
2: Yeah, a great way to put it. I mean, I think that most other mediums are more, like, like board games even, are a more natural medium for just like sheer numbers, mm-hmm. right? It's like, why do we role play? That's why they moved from war games back in the day to D&D, right? Uh, yeah, great point. Yeah, uh, okay, exactly. so... Last question here. Biggest DM mistake that you've ever made? And no judgment here. We've all made it.
1: <laughs> I would say it's it's a kind of a reoccurring mistake for me. And my biggest weakness, and and we talked about this last night, We uh, Chris and I did a DM coaching session, and I, I had to admit my faults and, and humble up a little bit. Um, but I, I'm so quick to admit my faults. I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just taking it one day at a time like everybody else. Um, but... I have a problem with remembering the things that I do. And for instance, like I have a, I have a story structure, but I'll forget about the, the bard NPC that I brought along, like Peter in the Tanarian campaign at the tabletop. Um, Peter's this bard that met my party and the the kindred hearts party. Um, and then I kept forgetting about Peter and they'd be like, what about Peter? And like, Oh, Peter's been writing songs this whole time in the corner. That's a good point. You brought up there. Uh, Chris, thank you. Um, or we have a druid, my, my fiancé's druid. Uh, she has a, a raccoon named Felix. That's her, like, her um, her familiar, her, her pet. Um, and I always forget about Felix every session. I'm like, well, what's Felix doing? Oh, Felix is just, vibing. he's just eating grapes <laughs> and just having himself a good old time. And I have to make something up on the fly because I always forget about those little details. I've got the big structure, and I'm always concerned about what the players are doing. And I forget to go in and be like, oh, yeah, that, that NPC needs... Uh, He's doing something for sure, I promise. Uh, It's not important right now. Let's go back to you. What are you up to?
0: (laughs) That's okay. I mean, no one expects you to to be the fabric of reality, even though that's essentially what you are when when playing D&D, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's kind of, I guess, the DM's job, right? Uh, You are God, and you have to make this world come to life before your player's eyes, but also, you're also a human, (laughs) Uh, So you're not going to do it as well as a literal god could. So just go with the flow and have fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As long as your players are having fun, you're doing something right. Uh,
0: Thank you, Adventure, for joining us today on How to Be a Better DM. Uh, If you haven't noticed yet, uh, we're not alone. Uh, We are joined by Garrett. He is one half of 225 games, uh, and you can actually find them. We'll put their link in the show notes. Um, But the first question I actually wanted to ask Garrett... Just because I'm a naturally curious person, where does the name 225 Games come from?
1: That's a great question, and one that we uh, we get a lot. Uh, it has nothing to do with Chris, actually, ironically. I started 225, and then I was like, Chris, I love your brain. Please join me. And he said, <laughs> absolutely. I was waiting for you to ask. So it was a match made in heaven. I love Chris. He's he's awesome guy. But uh, 225 was my college apartment. Um, when I was in college and all of my really good friends, uh, we were all roommates together and it was a party every day. Not like, not, not like red solo cup college party, but like we would be playing destiny and we'd be playing poker night and then we'd be smoking cigars on the balcony. And, and we'd just have a couple drinks every now and then, uh, we would just spend all day together. And for me, like that meant the world growing up and not having that, uh, I mean in West Texas. Not everybody's into D and D, but they sure do love to drink and shoot guns. So, for me, who's like that's not my vibe, um, to finally have that community and finally have that uh, that tribe, um, it's a fun way to keep that legacy going and as a way to like say thank you to those guys out there. all um, oh, those those three guys, um, just kind of keep that alive and keep that name going in spirit.
0: That's beautiful. Um, well,
1: let's kind of dive into today's topic
0: of dynamic storytelling and uh i guess i guess the general idea of today's show is you know what is a dynamic campaign and how do you create one so garrett first of all tell us what do you consider to be a dynamic campaign and what would be the opposite of that
1: i think to me whenever you say dynamic it means more lifelike realistic than static Um, and I think the difference between the two would be a static campaign, um, is a campaign that can take place in any world. If you put it in the context of Greek mythology or Norse mythology, or you threw it in Middle Earth or Forgotten Realms, you put it on the planet of Arrakis, you put it on Tatooine, you can put it in any, um, any intellectual property, any world, any, uh, franchise that you want. If it's still the same story and it doesn't matter where it takes place your story is static and it, it, it isn't good enough. Uh, a dynamic campaign is where characters and the world come together in this perfect, um, in this synchronous way. Um, and there's a synergy there that you can't have one without the other, which is I think like Star Wars. You can't have Tatooine without Luke Skywalker and you can't have Luke Skywalker without Tatooine. Uh, you can't have Paul Atreides without Arrakis. You can't have King Arthur without Camelot. Uh, Those would be dynamic stories. They're timeless. And when you can't, again, when you can't separate the two, that's when your campaign goes from static and eh to, oh my God, this is an amazing story. And I am so thankful to be at this table. Yeah,
2: I agree. Um, I think that uh, when I think of, I mean, there's actually a podcast I've been listening to for years. Uh, and and they did a campaign. And at the start, and I see this a lot with the campaigns, where lower-leveled players <laughs> uh, or campaigns tend to have a good amount of variety because you can't focus all your time on these huge battles where everybody's got a billion different abilities and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, simpler battles. And then we got some role-playing. And then we got some skill check. You know, they try and keep it very dynamic and different uh, but then later on in that same podcast, when they got into higher level play, I noticed that it just became a lot of battles and that because the battles took so long, you know, they, the role playing in between just didn't feel nearly uh, like di- differentiated enough. Right. And so it felt a little static to me at least.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think part of that, and I don't, I don't want to get ahead of, you know, the the rest of the structure of the podcast, but. Um, if there are battles and there is combat and there are fights just because like you're like oh we haven't done combat in a while and I don't want my players to be bored that's not a good enough reason to do combat your players have to wait or you have to invent combat that matters to service the plot in the characters that way anything and everything you do in your story matters which is why I'm not a fan of random encounter charts like oh we haven't done let's roll for a random encounter that's that does nothing to serve that just buys time and if you're going to buy time, then do something else. Go to a tavern. Go invent an NPC on the fly that that matters and can service the plot. Fighting goblins in the forest, because you haven't fought goblins in the forest for three sessions, is not a good enough time. And that's how you're going to get static and burnt out really quickly, both DM and the players.
0: So kind of a, an interjection question. Um, I think that is a very interesting viewpoint. <clears throat> so a lot of people, myself included, uh, I use random encounter tables specifically for travel because i have no idea how to make travel interesting uh, without making it realistic and, and so forth so so how do you treat travel um long distances short distances kind of the whole gamut
1: that depends on the story i wouldn't i for my own sake i never let travel be travel if they are traveling and now they see something on the road Whatever they see on the road, or whatever comment they have, needs to service the plot um, in some sort of way. Whether it's it's bandits on the road, oh well, maybe these bandits are just these underlings to a bigger problem somewhere else, and maybe they have a letter on them that they drop that maybe is in Thieves' Cant, and now the rogue has a purpose, and now the rogue feels like oh he's paying attention to me, and he's paying attention to those little details. Like I can read Thieves' Cant, right? So. But if it's, congratulations, you killed all the bandits. Okay, now what? Now we just keep going to the town? It was just an obstacle. It's like, it's running track and there's hurdles and you just have to jump over the hurdles. Okay, well, the hurdles are just there for you to jump over. They serve no real purpose. Other than that, how high can you jump? Um, So again, I would say, like, for people who love combat and kind of that more min-max, and I know that term gets like a real bad negative rap, but if you happen to have a real min-max-y table, combat-heavy wargaming kind of kit table, Maybe that's great. Uh in my experience and in, in what I do, I plot in character development over combat every day all day long. Um so if there is combat it always has to service the plot. So if they're going from one town to the others, 3 days pass. You are now in the town. Great. 3 days have passed. Um or on your way there, a demon. Uh you you hear the rumblings of a demon in the forest and and. uh Chris and I are working on this Gilgamesh campaign that I keep harking on and harking on and harking on, um, but it's still in the works. Um, but so in Tanaria, they went through the cedar forest where uh, Jardith lived. But Jardith is just keyword for uh, Humbaba, who is from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Who were trying to turn that into a to a campaign. So for a, for plot reason, that's a big plot element. Now there's a king demon in the forest, and there's these little you know demon underlings with him. Okay, now that's that's a plot element rather than. You have these demons in the forest why I don't know or goblins in the forest why I don't know okay let's move on
2: one thing I do like about your answer Garrett is like you know you can like travel can be a mechanic that's interesting in a game if it serves a purpose Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I'm coming I'm seeing a lot in this discussion is that dynamic at least for a DM is yeah it's about variety but it's not variety for variety's sake exactly. it's variety for for story's sake mm-hmm. and so for example if it's like oh your characters are usually in typical grassy plains you know normal uh, temperate forests but instead they're up in a frozen mountain and they're hiking that then all of a sudden a bunch doing a bunch of uh, checks to make sure that they're okay and that they're not getting frostbite or anything else that's interesting cuz one's varied and two yeah it's like oh they're actually it's showing in a mechanical way that they're doing something hard right and and not just for heart's sake it's you know it's changing it up right
1: yeah and that even Um, at and i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off the 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 lag kind of got in the way but um it kind of reminds me of the mines of moria and like going up the mountain in the snow there's tension there there's plot tension why because they're in the snow and they're in cloaks And these hobbits have bare feet. You're like, are are their toes about to fall off from the frostbite? Like, what's about to happen? Why are they doing this? This seems really risky.
2: Hello, this is Tanner. And I wanted to introduce you to the character I'm playing for our live play D&D campaign on the Pact and Boon podcast. His name is Wolfgang Kindstotter. He's a dampier, meaning his father was a vampire and his mother was a human. He was raised in a noble family of vampires that specializes in providing mercenaries for both nobles and criminals, which is where he learned his skills to become a ranger, at least when he wasn't being bullied by his half-siblings. All that changed, of course, when he got sent to the nine hells of Kalignos, where our story begins. If you'd like to follow along with our adventures, please check out our new live play podcast, Pact and Boon, when it comes out this Friday, the fifth of April, twenty twenty four. Go to session zero dot com forward slash packed and boon to get more info. We are so excited to share our adventures with you.
1: And that adds that risk in there. Um so again, it services the plot. It adds tension, especially if you have them roll those survival checks and whatnot. It's like, oh, did it. ooh, yikes! Yeah, your your foot got a little uh, chilly there as you climbed this mountain, and uh, oh well, they gotta go to the uh, the long term injury section of the DMG and and figure out how to how to assess this or whatever, right?
2: Yeah, and and that kind of makes me think of, you know, how do you? The next question I would ask you is, how do you create a dynamic world? Right, Because obviously most campaigns, they take place in a pretty typical fantasy setting. You're going to have typical towns, typical you know castles. Uh, you're not going to have too much uh, a variety there. And people are going to rely more on the NPCs and, and maybe the combats to add variety. But in terms of a dynamic world, how do you think you can make that?
1: That's an interesting question. And I want to prompt that question with this question. I want you to answer this question for me, yeah. and that can help. I think that's going to answer your question. What's the difference between... Are you familiar with Dune and Star Wars by chance? Yes. Okay, so what would be the difference between Arrakis and Tatooine? Both are desert planets, oh but what's the difference?
2: That's actually really good. That's a good point. Honestly, they, they're very similar uh, in terms of actual um, climate, I guess you could say. Uh, the difference is uh, what what kind of the players are making of them, right? Because Arrakis, it's like, oh, this place, you got the spice that everybody's going crazy for. It's got a lot of political intrigue. Whereas Tatooine, it's filled with a bunch of people who aren't interested in it at all. <laughs> and they're just trying to get out, and it's more, you know, cutthroat. Um, yeah, that's actually a great point that you could take any kind of environment, and depending on the objects, the goals and the characters you put in it it almost becomes an entirely
1: different place. Yeah, I think you just huh. answered that question all on your own where it, you, if you, are again, if your story can fit in any world, your story's not good enough but at the same time, if your world feels like a world like I, if it just feels so plain and bland and it feels like Forgotten Realms it feels like Dragonlance or whatever and I'm not trying to bash Wizards worlds or anything but um, mm-hmm. if it feels just like you re-skinned all the gods in all of the places to new names, but it feels the same, then that's not dynamic enough. That's a static world. And you might as well just play in Forgotten Realms because the source book's already there. (laughs) Um, For instance, um, in the 225 game world, Story Elus, which we've been world building on World Building Wednesdays on our Twitch channel for a couple weeks now, Chris and I, um, and we'll have some guests on there every now and then too. Um, It's what I call uh, Shrek meets Peaky Blinders. So it's very whimsical and very, you know, all these very fairy tale kind of stuff. You have the big bad wolves and you have these pixies and you have this and that and the other, except there's a God and there's this whole backstory about um, there's one God and he has three sisters, the Triumvirate, and they overthrow the God because the God sucks. Um, And they try to be so good that they aren't, it's kind of like a mom who gives their kids everything they want and they have no discipline. So the mom kind of sucks. That's kind of the vibe that this is going for. and now the world's kind of in this misshapen place where um, the, the Pixinelli are these Pixie Empire and they're kind of like the, the Italian mob. <laughs> and then you have the uh, the, uh, the Wolfavian Empire and they're like the Irish mob. So you've got these two mob families um, at battle with each other because the Jarl, who is um, a, kind of a thinly veiled uh, church structure, very you know very holy, very um, hierarchical, uh, they, they banned wild magic, and they banned a substance called moonshine magic, or moonshine mana, excuse me. So with this moonshine mana, anybody can drink it, and they take a roll on the wild. They take a take a walk on the wild side, as we say in the game, uh, <laughs> where they roll on the wild chart, the, the wild magic chart, and whatever happens, happens. Um, but now it's like the Pixinelli work with the Jarl, but they've got the mob family kind of doing the black market stuff. But they also have to work with the Wolfavian because they have Wolf's Bane. And Wolfsbane plus the pixie dust is what makes the moonshine mana. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So even though they don't get along, they have to get along. And now our players are put into this uh, political climate. So all of that to say, not this is an advertisement for Story El but all of that to say, um, if you want your world to be dynamic and you want it to have a unique flavor, you have to start with a theme. And I think the theme of Story El is political intrigue and really it's just political intrigue political intrigue and and religious uh religious rivalry because there's people that love the old god there's people that love the triumvirate there's people that love the yarrow who is the new god on on storiel god incarnate um so which one's the real god and now it's everybody's got their own theological beliefs and differences plus in the midst of that now there's all this who's got control of the wolf's bane who's got control of the the pixie dust and how are the pixinelli working with the yarrow but also trying to stab him in the back and also trying to the enemy of my enemy is my friend very godfather very uh Goodfellas, the irishman kind of vibes, um, which is not something you see in every world, which is what makes that dynamic. But if I went into Forgotten Realms and I just renamed everything and it was like this is my world, well, that's not. That's not nothing. You got to make it something new. Start with a theme, take elements from other existing things, and combine it. And even if you watch um, people bigger than me. And I'm not big. I'm just saying people way bigger than me like Brandon Sanderson and his talks that he does at BYU. Um, he just combines things. He's, he's this combiner. He takes this and this and makes this. He takes like uh, the heist stuff and what the mist and he makes Mistborn and boom, there's Mistborn. So that's and that's coming from him. So do what he says. I'm just repeating what he's saying, just combine stuff and to start with a theme. If you want your theme to be whatever, well, start with that theme and then how is that going to play into your world? I couldn't agree more. That seemed really long-winded, but I hope that I hit the... I hope you got what I was trying to say. Nailed it. For sure, for sure. Sweet. Okay, then I did my job. Ta-da. So uh, if,
0: if I can kind of summarize, it sounds like one of the key aspects of making a campaign dynamic is not only making excellent characters, but also making the setting a character, in, and, and even the story to a degree, kind of a character and having those three character groups interact and affect each other and change each other, right?
1: Absolutely, it's this holy trinity of storytelling. Like you have your setting, you have your, uh, you have your characters, um, and you have your players. If one of those is out of whack, the story's gonna fall flat and they all have to be perfectly aligned. And if they're not, it's like an equilateral triangle. One of them's not the same. Um, something's gonna happen, something's gonna go wrong. If it's your setting, well, you can play in any world. If it's your players, well, I don't know, get new players or teach them. <laughs> it's okay to teach. It, it's totally fine to coach and to, and to show the way if you if this is the vibe you're going for. And that's the importance of a session zero. So in A Hero's Journey, a journal for 5 ETT RPGs published by 225, we have a session zero section that goes by like, okay, what are your expectations of this? What is this? What is, so we're all on the same page so that, yeah, we're all going to be telling stories where I'm not here to just kill goblins. I'm here to tell a story, and you're going to lead the story, and I'm just a player in it, and we're here to do this together cooperatively. Um, and if your NPCs are flat, well, okay, you've got this cool world, but oh, why are, why is the population of the world so lame? Don't make it lame. Make it dynamic. Make it cool. Make it unique. Flavor it with the certain yeah. sort of flavors that it needs to be flavored with.
2: Yeah, it, it kind of makes me realize that the hardest thing, because we as DMs, obviously, we have, well, it feels like we have more control uh, over the theme, the setting, uh, the plot, to some extent, right? Uh, yeah. But the thing that's most out of our control is the players. And so kind of kind of launching off of uh, how you were saying that we need balance for each of those, uh, Yeah. one challenge I've always had is whenever there's a player who feels mm-hmm. like they and how they play their character are static because technically they can play however they want this is just a fun game but you also are like oh they'd have more fun if they were more dynamic in how they played you know their character can go from bad to good or good to bad or oh they can have a bad streak and they can lose something important but then they can also get something important later on yeah and they absolutely should do do that that you know oh
1: so I think if anybody's playing D&D, nine out of 10 people playing D&D have heard of A Hero's Journey. Not not the journal, not the not the 225 journal, but like the Joseph Campbell circle of like yeah, the, yeah. the ordinary world going on a journey. Um, and I personally, what I do is I sit there with the backstories and stuff and I go, okay, how is this going to happen? Because DMing is also, oh, here's... For all the players who have never DM'd before here's a little spoiler alert here's here's the secret um it's the illusion of choice always whether you go to the tavern or you go to the bookstore that npc is gonna be either in one place or the other <laughs> and they're gonna have something for you to do so it's not one way or the other now you can play it one way or the other You're like oh if only they'd gone to that tavern that's not how i do it because i i have a structure <laughs> so on that circle i go okay here is. Like uh, the the red hair in is in the story I was and he's playing Tyg, who is this this herbal bard. And so here's his, here's his ordinary world. What journey is he going to go on that makes it that he comes back to the ordinary world at the end with, with the elixir, coming back as a different person evolved. And it's all about the character journey. And if the character journey happens in your dynamic world, that's a story worth telling 100% of the time, every time. You obviously have good taste. I mean, you listen to How to
0: Be a Better DM, after all. We thank you so much for your support. And if you've ever gotten anything useful from How to Be a Better DM, take a minute and rate us and review us on your podcast listening app of choice. It goes a very long way to helping our show help many more Dungeon Masters out there who are just like you. If you love our content, help others become better Dungeon Masters,
1: too. And if you do that for each of your characters and you do that for yourself as like the plot, because I mean, you have your plot and then you have your subplots would be like your character development. Somebody's long lost grandfather comes back and they say, oh, it's been so long. And then, oh, whoa! now they feel like you read their stuff and they feel value as a player. And now they're more invested. And if they're invested in their acting now and their role playing, everybody else is going to feed off that energy. So again. The way that the table works now, kind of from a meta perspective, if we're looking at the table itself and not so much at the game, um, everybody's feeding off each other's like role-playing energy and that excitement and that, that gumption and everybody's gonna buy more into it, hopefully, um, if that's what your players want. And that should be established in session zero. So I'm going to assume that everybody does that and I'm going to assume that that's the way it's gonna go because it should have been discussed beforehand if that was going to be an issue.
0: Excellent. Um, well, I... Hate to cut all of us off, but uh, we have gone the, the the allotted 30 minutes, which is insane to think because that went so fast. Uh, Garrett, it was awesome having you here and talking.
1: That did. That flew by.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I had two challenges. One, just sitting back and listening and just enjoying it. The other challenge was not like asking all the questions and things like that, so... Uh, listener if you want Garrett to come back which I'm sure you do you're going to have to reach out to him on his uh, his social medias which you'll tell us in a second and just thank him for coming on the show you also have to reach out to us and thank us for having him on the show and we'll get him back and, and we'll, we'll do another one of these but Garrett how can our audience reach out to you support you and see what you're up to
1: yeah I mean first off thanks for having me on the show this is awesome um, I, I, th- I mean I'm super passionate about storytelling and about this stuff so it's super cool to have like a, to be able to have this discussion with others who really enjoy the topic. Um, but you can find uh, 225 at TWO25Games, G A M E S, except for on Twitch, where games is spelt with two S's because I'm a dumb dumb and have to wait six months to get that one S. So uh, that would be 225Games. And that's where we do our podcast, The Investigation Check. That's where we do homebrewing history, where we look at historical events and homebrew those uh, characters and events um that's where we do world building wednesdays uh and and that's just where we, we house all our programs and all our shows and stuff so i hope you come leave us a follow um i hope you follow us on instagram where we post all our, our pictures and all our kind of what's going on in the world of 225 and um again to you both tanner and justin thank you all so much for having me on um it was an honor and a privilege and um i thoroughly enjoyed it and thank you again
2: yeah likewise hey, no honestly so great to have you
1: yeah uh, so for Tanner that. Garrett, uh, before we
0: say so long to our, our adventurer adventure listener, uh, last words from both of you. Uh,
2: I'll go. I'll go because Garrett, I think, uh, would probably give a better final thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but honestly, for dynamic uh, d- dynamic campaigns, it's so much. It's not about variety, because otherwise, you'll just have a billion tabs open for every game, right? Uh, and and I think I've realized that, uh, today it's much more about, okay, can you make it so that there are, there's enough, there's variety that matters. Uh, can you make it so that they have highs and lows, uh, so that they're invested in the various aspects of your campaign, um,
1: instead of just one, uh, or two, you know, uh, and I think that that's what really matters. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more to that. And I would say, um, there's no right way to DM, and there's really no wrong way to DM. It's whatever brings you joy, whatever brings the table joy, and as long as everybody's having fun, you're doing it right because at the end of the day, it's it's a game. Um, even though it kind of feels like storytelling guidelines more so than a game, in my humble opinion, um, but it, it's meant to be fun, and as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. Um, you can take everything I said as, as gospel and stri- scripture, um, you can take everything I say and throw it in the trash. As long as you are having fun, then you're doing it right. Good job. You have my, my support. Good for you. You did it. Bravo.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, listener, adventurer, make sure you have fun. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, but from all of us here at How to Be a Better DM and from Garrett, we'll see you guys, and uh, let's go ahead and roll initiative.